one of the strong reasons why we are here is a man who has stood by our daddy's right hand for years and years and therefore he carries another level of the anointing his words are, are, are beautiful like strong strong sometimes <laughs> but that is the reason because some of us you need strong washing to change you you need strong soap to clean your face a, a scrubbing brush to take off the the, the dirt that has been accumulated over the years and i'm so glad he's here this evening this morning and um i want you to receive something new amen i didn't hear a good amen receive a word that will change your life and your ministry something that will take you to another level and something that will cause you to operate in the spirit of this house more accurately he's a he's he's a great man of god if you need to uh, if you don't know him within the next few minutes you will i said you will please help me welcome upstage a dear friend a very anointed brother bishop edwin ogo up in your hands hallelujah it's a great blessing and a privilege for me to be in the beautiful city of Kumasi. And um, to be received by no mean a pastor like our pastor bishop Patrick Bruce, Bishop Charles Sabu, Bishop Nasib, I am very, very happy to be here. I just got into town, and uh, Kumasi is a city I love very much. Because close to about 30 years ago, I was beloved dozing here. So, it's a very special city. Whenever I see even the name Kumasi, I feel romantic. I feel butterflies in my stomach. And uh, so it's a blessing to be back here. And uh, I also am very happy that we are having a great conference, leaders and loyalty conference. And uh, Bishop Patrick, thank you for inviting me to be a part of this conference. It's a great honor. And uh, I believe that God is going to speak to all of us. Amen. 
I also salute all the pastors who are here, senior ministers from other churches. I consider it a privilege to minister to you today. And I believe that God will speak to all of us. Amen. Clap your hands for Jesus. And uh, let's bow down our heads and pray. Father, we are truly very grateful for the opportunity to be here. And uh, we thank you for every blessing, every kindness we enjoy from you. We know that our lives truly will never be the same again. We know you are going to touch our lives. We know you are going to bless us mightily. And we know that our ministries will never ever be the same again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. And uh, I, I, I am very confident that this week will be a very great week. A week of impartation. How many of you are expecting an impartation for God to touch your life? Something, something to change in your life. Amen. And uh, this, this was one reason why I know your life will not be the same again is that the spirit of God is here. And wherever the spirit of God is, you should expect a touch. You should expect something to happen to you. Wherever God's spirit is, something great happens. It is a spirit that makes all the difference. Hallelujah. Zechariah 4 says, it is not by might. It's not by power. But it is by the spirit. Hallelujah. So, I believe that an anointing will fall on you. I believe that the spirit will enter you. As we minister and as we've been ministering, a spirit enters you. And the ministry is done not with paper certificates. Ministry is done not with, not, not with um, temperaments. Ministry is done by the anointing, with the anointing, through the anointing. And that anointing is going to enter you. That spirit is going to change your life and you will truly not be the same again. Amen. Then apart from the Holy Spirit, there is also another spirit here. Apart from the Holy Spirit, there is another spirit here. The writer of Hebrews says that when we come to Mount Zion, one of the things we should expect to encounter is the spirit of just men made perfect. Not just the Holy Spirit, but the spirit of just men made perfect. So as we are here, we have the spirit of just men made perfect. Amen. Like the spirit of Elijah is here. The spirit of Elisha is here. The spirit of fathers who have come and gone. Those spirits are here. 
but there's also one spirit that is dominant here in this room and that is the spirit of Bishop Daguard Mills he is here yes that is what to expect now, now, now you, you, you must be you must be alert because some of you are going to be anointed in this conference by his spirit yes he said the spirit of just men made perfect so, so when you are in a conference like this it's not only the spirit of God we thank God for the Holy Spirit but it's not only the Holy Spirit that is at, at work here it's not only the spirit of the pastor who is preaching that is at work please sit down in Kumasi you don't stand up on Wednesday mornings it's on Fridays that you stand at a conference yeah. so expect that spirit 1st Corinthians chapter 5 verse 4 there's always the spirit of a father there there's always you know it says in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ Paul is speaking he said when ye are gathered together and my spirit with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ yes so when we gather here the spirit of our father the spirit of see, the real convener of this conference is not Bishop Patrick Bruce the real convener of this conference is Bishop Daguard Mills and first Corinthians chapter 5 verse when we say and when ye are gathered together and my spirit the one writing was Paul he said my I Paul my spirit is there as well as the power of the Lord Jesus Christ so I am not in doubt at all that the power of Jesus Christ is here the Holy Spirit is here but I'm also convinced that the spirit of the real convener of this conference, Bishop Daguard Mills, is here. Yes. Yes. Especially when you are a son and you are sent somewhere, the spirit of the father is with you. Yes, that is what Elijah told Naaman, uh, uh, Gehazi. Gehazi. He said, went not my spirit with thee. So, I don't know what you are looking for. You must, you, you, you must be alert because one of these moments, a mega church anointing is going to hit you. Yes. One of these moments, an, an international evangelistic anointing is going to hit you. Yeah. There's a pastor here who is going to get a book writing anointing coming directly from source. Receive it now. You know, so I am I am very excited that God is with us, and also that the spirit of the Father who sent us is also here. And if I were you, I would be very alert, looking for that anointing to fall on me. Your coming here will not be in vain. I said your coming here will not be in vain. I said your coming here will not be in vain. 
in a year's time, in six months' time, in three months' time, you are going to have something in your church that is traceable to this conference. I believe it. God will give you something to show that you were at this leaders and loyalty conference. Clap your hands once again for the Lord. Now, I will try as much as possible to stick to the subject of the conference, the leaders and loyalty. I, I, I believe that we who are pastors ought to be aware that we are leaders. Amen. Yes. A, a, a pastor is a leader. <laughs> you are a leader. Sometimes the word pastor limits us to just praying and preaching. You want to say pastor is like a prayer warrior who waits on God in a room and then receives a message. Either he receives a message or a message. Then he appears in the church with eyes of fire to come and release his message. <laughs> yes, that is our work. Yes. Our work is to access, to preach and to pray. We have to give ourselves to preaching and praying. But a pastor is also a leader. Yeah. And if you saw yourself as a leader, you would not readily criticize NPP government or NDC government. Because you see them as leaders, as political leaders. Yes. While you see yourself as a pastor with a message. But today, I'm saying to you that you are also a leader. Yes. And whatever you are expecting from NPP government. What you are, whatever you are expecting from the political leaders, hey, I will preach beer. Whatever you are expecting from the political leaders, you should expect it from yourself first. Yes. Before you open your mouth to criticize a, a, a DC or a regional minister or the minister of lakes and moons, you must ask yourself that you too, as a leader, what have you given to your church? As a leader. Yes. 
Jesus referred to pastors as leaders. Yes. He called pastors. Matthew 15 verse 1. He saw some pastors. Some pastors came to him. Matthew 15 verse 1. I expect the person behind the, uh, whatever you, whether it's a laptop or a computer, to be very, very sensible and fast. Yes. Then came to Jesus scribes and Pharisees, which were of Jerusalem. So these were the people who came to Jesus. Scribes and Pharisees, they were pastors. Yes, those days, the pastors of those days were the Pharisees, Sadducees, and the scribes. They were the pastors. Now, next verse. Why do the disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they wash not their hands when they eat bread. And so, so these pastors, scribes and Pharisees, came to Jesus to tempt him with questions about his disciples. Now, there was a lot of back and forth. Jesus Christ taught and so on and so forth. But in verse 14... Jesus introduced these Pharisees and scribes with a verse, with a word. He said, let them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into a ditch. So, Jesus saw pastors as leaders leading blind people somewhere leading people who didn't have knowledge somewhere leading people who didn't know what they were about somewhere and these leaders were not expected to be blind because they were supposed to be leading people who were blind So, turn to your neighbor and tell, ask your neighbor, did you really know that you were a leader? Are you, did you know? Or you thought you were just a man of God wearing suit with curled hair and preaching? Are, are you aware? No, I'm, I'm asking a question. As a shepherd, as a pastor, as a whatever, are you really aware that you are a leader? Huh? If this conviction descends into your soul, you will be very careful when you are criticizing another leader. You'll be very careful. Many of us are not aware that the church you are pastoring, how, forgive my bad English, how you are doing the church. <laughs> how you are doing the church. is the same way MPP is also doing the country. Yes. Yeah. The church you have pastored for four years. How you have done the church. is the same way NDC did the church. 
That's why we are driving on dusty roads. I'm going to deal with the curse of harm at a point in the conference. You dare to criticize President Akufuado. You dare to criticize the Minister of uh, 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 Roads and Highways. How dare you? How dare you? What have you done in your church? I'm coming home. I said, what have you done in your church? What type of leader are you? That makes you think that you have, you have the audacity to criticize another leader. What have you done in your church? You have not even been able to lead a convert in your church to know two verses. You are a pastor. You have managed to turn yourself into a businessman. So when our political leaders also uh, uh, turn themselves into businessmen and don't lead as well, you are criticized. It is the same way you are. Your members said they don't see you any differently from the way they see the political leaders. Ask another person, are you aware you are a leader? What type of leader are you? of leader are you? I also ask myself what type of leader am I? What type of leader am I? It's just a, it's just a leader of talk. Just talking. Talking. Some of us don't know anything. Just talking. Even as a pastor, you, you can't even quote five verses. Yeah, you say you are a man of God in Kumasi. Frightening illiterates with false prophecies. So you are a man of God. So tell your neighbor, be cool, be cool, be cool. So in this conference, in this conference, you are going to learn how to lead. How to lead. If your church is in a classroom, praise God, you are a leader of a church of sixteen members in a classroom. Lead them into a cathedral somewhere. Yes. That's why the pastor whose name is on this conference must be listened to. If I, if I take a book written by him and I quote from it, I read from it, you have to stop whatever you are doing to listen to it because he also had the church which was in a classroom and he led that church in the classroom to over 90 countries internationally. That's a leader. He's leading them somewhere. Why have you taken your church members? How much of good Christianity have your members imbibed? So, so the, 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 the name of the conference is a very, very important name. Leaders and loyalty. Yes. If I have 10,000 chances, opportunities to preach here, I will preach 10,000 times about leaders and loyalty. Yeah. Because see, the reason why some of us 
don't even want to learn about loyalty is that you are not a leader. Anyone who is a leader will be interested in the subject of loyalty. Whenever you meet a pastor who trivializes the subject of loyalty and disloyalty, just remember me that I told you that you have met something else. I don't know what his name is. Maybe it's a surveyor or a lotox sticker or something, but he cannot be a leader. A real leader leading people somewhere. You see, and this book is a very important book. This book. Loyalty and disloyalty. It is very important because only true leaders will be interested in a book like this. Anyone here, whether you are from the UD or not, anyone here who knows about this book and has not opened this book for the, over the past, let's say, three or four months or two months, cannot say he's a good leader. Because there is a type of leadership that is expected from a pastor. Say leadership. Yes, yes. A pastor must have leadership. I'm very happy you've had very profound teachings from the art of leadership. If you are a pastor, you need to be interested in, 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 in the subject of loyalty. And you see, I will give you a few reasons as an introduction. A few reasons why if you are a leader, being loyal, I'm not talking about teaching loyalty. Hello? There's a very big difference between teaching loyalty and being loyal. Many pastors who have this book only use it to teach loyalty. But they don't use this book to be loyal. So you will realize that some pastors who break away from churches, some of them, the last convention they had before breaking away was a convention in which they taught about loyalty and disloyalty. Yes, I know a few pastors like that. After preaching from this book, the next major thing that happened to them was to leave the church. Because for many of them, the subject of loyalty and disloyalty is a subject they must teach is something they must make their members become. But what they don't know is that 
the, the, the main subject of loyalty and disloyalty, the subject, the person who must be concerned about loyalty and disloyalty is you, the pastor. So, so there are a few reasons why a leader must be interested in loyalty and disloyalty. If you are not interested in it, it means you are not a leader. You're not a leader. Maybe you are a man of God. You are a man of God. A man of God with 15 members. Some of us have have done church for 8 years. You still can't count 100 members in your church. Because you are not a leader. A true leader will never have 60 members after 8 years. A true leader. And that's the reason why the subject of loyalty should be the main thing a pastor should know about for himself. You see, the first reason why the subject of loyalty is very important to you, you, not not your members. Not your members, to you yourself. Is that it is the principal qualification for every minister. First Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2. The person sitting behind the computer should be sacked. You should actually carry him and throw him over the wall. Yes. If I were here, I would, I would carry you. Because your presence behind the computer is actually the presence of an antichrist. Fighting the flow of the spirit. Fighting the grace of God. Fighting the atmosphere. And you are not fighting it with thoughts. But we have mistakenly put you in charge of a computer. You are, you are using it to fight us. Moreover, it is required in stewards. A real leader, the first thing he's concerned about is he, he will ask himself that, Am I loyal? Not can I teach loyalty? Am I loyal? Am I a loyal pastor? It is leaders and loyalty. As a leader, am I loyal? Because the requirement for stewards, anybody to whom something has been entrusted, moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Say faithful. 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 Yes. Not your members. Not your members. 
The steward himself. Are you faithful? Faithful means not changing. Faithful means the same. Faithful means that as you were in the beginning, you are, you are the same. That when you used to read books before you were appointed, after being appointed and given a branch, you are still reading books. That's a leader. A leader must be very faithful and unchanging. If we look at your ministry 20 years ago and your ministry now, you should be the same. You should be the same. And that, 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 that nature must be fought. The nature to change, the nature to be different must be fought. You must fight it. I can see some of you, some years ago, you were Bible students. And you were very humble, very following, very, very committed, always around. Now that you are a man of God in a town, you don't even listen to podcasts. You have changed. I'm not talking about going to preach to your members that they shouldn't change. You yourself as a pastor. You yourself as a pastor. Pastors are supposed to... A leader, a real leader in the house of God must be the same. A real leader in the house of God must believe God to remain the same. No matter what is happening, whether you become rich, you become poor, your child becomes big, you become popular. Believe God to remain the same. Believe God to be preaching the same messages of soul winning, church planting, church growth. And don't be in your corner preaching finances and motivational speaking. God is going to anoint many of us here in this conference with higher levels of anointings. But you must be very careful. You have to ask yourself always, every morning, look into your mirror and ask yourself, am I changing? Am I changing? If you are a pastor in the UD, you have to ask yourself, am I changing in my relationship towards Bishop, my father? Am I changing? How much of his words are influencing my ministry today? As you are in your town, you are going to befriend the DC and every borehole he goes to inaugurate, you are the one who prays over the borehole. You have left the church and you are praying over boreholes in your town. Dry and quanta. People change. People change. One of the one of the things you must expect from a human being is change. We change so much. We change so much. Most people cannot be trusted to be as they were three years earlier. 
investors I'm talking about. Your vision to build a church, your vision to plant a church has changed to a vision to own a car or a vision to have a farm or a vision to build a school. We change, but the Bible says one of the reasons why a leader must be interested in the subject of loyalty is that primarily a leader shouldn't change. Many of us have disappointed the people who chose us to follow us. Yes. They found you a certain type of pastor who loved God, who was preaching certain messages, and suddenly when money began to enter your, your ministry, when you, beca- you began to become popular and so on, you've changed your ministry. Now we don't even understand what you are preaching. We don't understand what you are preaching. I'm preaching. The leaders, leaders must not change. The same way we expect political leaders not to change. That when they are campaigning for elections, the things they say they will do when they come, we expect that when they come to power, they do it. But is that what we see? Never, never. That's why Donald Trump is popular. Because the things he said he would do when he came to power, Kai, you and I know, he is doing it. He, is, he, he, he doesn't care at all what you think. He is doing it with energy. But you, as a pastor, as a pastor, three years ago, what you said you would do in your church, how you said you were going to build your church, the branches you said you were going to plant, the number of leaders you said you were going to appoint, the number of home cells and bar centers you said you were going to start. Have you started them? You dare to ask MPP what, what are they doing about the schools they said they were going to build? What, what, what are they doing about the doomsaw? <laughs> that they said they were going to eradicate. You two in your church, is there no doomsaw? You may have light in your church, but spiritually there is doom in your church. There's no anointing on you. There's no power on you. You have now become a politician. You are now a businessman. You are now the owner of a school. You are a different person from being a pastor. You have changed. Hypocrites. Please sit down. On Wednesdays in Kumasi, it's not allowed to stand. We change. When you were starting a church, you were so friendly, so friendly, cared for the members, you to visit them. You remember when you wanted members, when it was just you alone and your assistant who was stealing from you a little. Yes. You were visiting people, you would be with them, visit in the morning, visit the same person in the evening. You were, you were all over the place visiting. Now you've got 60 members. When was the last time you, as a man of God, you went to visit? You have changed. But a leader shouldn't change. Even the world, they expect leaders not to change. 
the world, they expect leaders not to change. Now, whatever he said he would do when he's voted into power, they expect him to do it. There are things expected of you as a pastor. When you say you are a pastor, there are things expected of you. People just expect something, a, a standard of living from you. But soon, when you are preaching, we don't know whether it is a lecture in, in finance or administration or lecture in business or uh, economic, uh, all this type of thing. You, you don't know what he's saying. And many of us, even the words we use in our preaching, we ourselves, we don't even understand it. Just want to impress people. Yeah, you heard a man of God use a word. Yeah, you're also using a word. Yes. Yeah. Today I'm preaching about the paradigm. You don't, if you can't spell paradigm, even to spell paradigm, you can't spell it. Bushman. Cool down and remain on track. Preaching about Jesus. Preaching about the blood. Preaching about souls. Preaching about the church, preaching about planting of churches. That is what a, a, a real leader must do. You are a leader. Be loyal. Remain committed to the work, to the message. Don't change. Don't change. You began by preaching about the blood of Jesus. Keep preaching it. Don't change. Don't change. When you are made a reverend, doesn't mean you must change your message. When you are made a bishop, it doesn't mean you must change your message. You must remain on course. Yes. A leader is not expected to change. So our members, please sit down. This is Wednesday, please. Tomorrow you can stand up. Thursdays. And I'll check from the Menchia Palace whether you should stand on Thursdays. Or on Wednesdays, you shouldn't. Have you realized how disappointed your members are about your type of leadership? Try and ask them. But I can't also tell because the way you are frightening them with false prophecies, they'll be afraid to tell you how they really feel. But if you meet someone like me, I'll tell you how useless you are. Yes, I'll speak the truth to you. I will ask you three questions. I will ask you three questions as a pastor. Loyalty is the subject of interest for a leader. You fight to remain the same because the things which are trying to change us are many. The things which are trying to change us as we are working, as we are building, as we are surrounded by secretaries, the things which are trying to even change our love for our wives. Yes, because one secretary makes some steel be par that she, even she didn't make it all. Her big sister made the steel and she presented it as if she made the steel. When you ate it, say, ah, then my wife has been giving me light soup. Suddenly, your wife's food 
you have been eating for 10 years suddenly there's salt in it suddenly her food has too much pepper foolish man you've changed so soon you've changed so soon you ate my food all these days. When you, when you were in a relationship, I will cook, I'll, I'll cook for you. Carry to your house. We married. I've been breakfast, lunch, supper. Suddenly, you have found secretary. So my food has got to my salt. I never knew you were so useless. I'm preaching. The precious are a lot. The precious are a lot. The presses are a lot. Let's try. The fact that you are a woman, a lady reverend. Is it lazy reverend or lady? Sorry. What the I don't know the title. What? The fact that you are a lazy reverend or a lazy pastor does not mean that you must not cook food in the house because now you are, you are now a woman of God in town preaching. So the man who married you, knowing that oh, he had married a Christian, we are all going to serve God together and so on. Suddenly he comes home and he has to now send the house up to go and buy watching because the woman of God is in town but having a crusade. We fight. It's a fight. Tell your friend, it is a fight. fight. Yeah, you must fight. You must fight to remain the same. You must fight to remain unchanging. You must fight to stay on course. It is is the prime qualification. Can Can you imagine if you are if you were visiting right now the way you used to visit five years ago? Can you imagine how, how, how your church will change? I'm, I'm asking again. I said, can you imagine if, if your visitation now is, is the way you used to visit when you were an in, initially in the town? Can you imagine how many members to be established, stabilized? You, you are going to have solid members. But you've changed. You've changed. So you have become a leader without, without anything. The same way, the same way we point to African leaders as leaders of dust. 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 That's what they are superintending over. You too, in your branch, you are superintending over dust. Please sit down. Please sit down. The second reason why you should be very interested in the subject of loyalty is to fight something called the fifth column. Yes. The fifth column is an entity in battle. It is something. And what is it? That term came from a soldier, an an army general, 
who was going to take a city. And the city was walled, thick walls with huge gates. And he stood outside the city with four battalions. Now, another name for a battalion is a column. Column. Because they stood in columns. One, two, three, four. He had four battalions. And as the general stood out, another friend of the general asked him, how do you intend to enter this city? Which is walled, high walls, with great gates. The general's answer was that, don't worry. I have got a fifth column inside. I have got, uh, you see these battalions, one, two, three, four. I have got a fifth battalion a fifth column inside and as we are here you watch what will happen truly in the night the the battalion that was inside managed to open the gates for the enemy that was outside to come in Jesus help me to preach they devastated the walled city that is the enemy that was inside made it possible for the enemy that was outside to enter the city that is the reason why oh pastor you must be very careful not to represent the enemy inside the church Be very careful. The church is like a walled city. Very walled. Oops, if you can come, please. Very walled. Thick walls. The enemy is not able to come in. The enemy is not able to come in. Hey, then, then you don't know about the blood of Jesus. Neither do you know about the name of Jesus. The blood of Jesus? What are you talking about? Which devil can destroy the church? When we have the blood of Jesus. When at the name of Jesus, knees bow. Do you really believe in the name of Jesus? Kaya, the gates of hell shall not prevail. Katosha pakaya ndereda. No devil can harm the church. We are stable and circled by Pentecost fire. You are afraid about what? Church priests and malams. Then you have not met the real blood of Jesus. Maybe you met some blood tonic. The blood of Jesus? Don't try it. The church is marching on strong. So, if we have the blood of Jesus and the name of Jesus, 
Thank you, Jesus. And I'm standing here as a pastor, bragging, bragging about the name of Jesus, bragging about the, 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 the blood of Jesus. Then someone should stand up and raise his hand and ask me, Mr. Bishop Man, Mr. Man of God, if the name of Jesus is powerful or the blood of Jesus Christ is powerful, then why are churches being destroyed? You standing there bragging about the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. What are you talking about? Don't you go to town? Don't you see churches finishing? Many of us here, your church is finishing. You are not even a correct pastor to count your members. Even to count, you don't count. If you were to count, you wouldn't wear the shirt you are wearing today. You'd have one black black. If the blood of Jesus Christ is powerful, then why? Why is your church finishing? Is your church growing? If the blood of Jesus Christ is powerful, then why, 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 why are churches in confusion? The reason is that nobody can enter the church from outside except somebody inside the church opens the door for the devil to come in. I'm preaching. If your church is not working, if your church is being destroyed, if your church is closing down, then it means that somebody inside the church is an insider job. Oh, and how we love holding this book and preaching to our members, blasting them as being fifth columns. Blasting them as being people who, who, are, who, are, who are representatives of the devil inside the church. My dear friend, the first representative of the devil in the church is you, the pastor. Nothing can happen in the church without you, the pastor, permitting it. Hey! Oh, I feel like preaching, but my time is up. What is it happening in the church? I need 10 people to stand up and tell me, what is it that is happening in your church? Tell me which singer is misbehaving. Tell me which girl is chasing you. Oh, tell me which choir leader is sleeping with the members. What is the problem? Tell me which, 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 which assistant is taking members away. And I will tell you, what is happening in the church is happening because of you. You are the fifth column. You may be wearing a collar, but you actually represent the devil in the church. You are his agent in the church. A lot of pastors are Satan's agent in the church. For you to allow Jezebel to operate freely in the church means that you have not even read about Jezebel. You've not read. A lot of things we allow in our churches, we allow them 
through ignorance. Because you, the man of God, will not bother to read the books. You won't bother to listen to messages. You won't bother to watch videos. You won't bother to be alert to know that this thing is a problem. This is wrong. So you sit in the church and a lot of nonsense is going round and round the garden like a teddy bear. You are weak. So a singer is freely moving in the church. When you call her, she can decide to come or not to come. When you call for a meeting, can you imagine me calling for a meeting and my pastors will not come? I don't know who, who that pastor is. Can you imagine a singer going to stand, stand there or after singing, she just goes, she's just talking about No, 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 no. A lot of what goes on in the church is because of the type of pastor who, who, who through ignorance, Allows plenty of things to go on. Is that you, you, you are the fifth column. As for devils, as for devils, you will always find them in the church. Witches, sexy dancers, demon possessed members, plenty. But a leader must take the gates. I said, a leader must take the gates and decide that this gate will not be opened. Yes, a leader must stand and say, Enough! Out! But you have not even read the book. You have not read those who accuse you. You have not read those who leave you. You don't know anything. All you read are, are, are just, just uh, African proverbs. Ashanti Proverbs. You see a pastor in Kumasi, by the time he finishes preaching, you wonder whether he's a linguist or he's a man of God. A fifth column is the enemy within. And you yourself as a pastor must, be, must always find, your, find out or ask yourself, am I the enemy within? That fifth column was, was in the city. But it was actually a part of the enemy that was outside with four columns. And you must ask yourself, have you joined the devil? Have you the pastor? Have you the lazy pastor? Have you joined the devil? Your attitude of not listening to podcasts, your attitude of not reading books, your attitude of not even caring to know what is the current things going on in the church. Don't you think that you are becoming even like the enemies of the church, Lighthouse? What's the difference between some of you here and the people who hate the church? If I say you must tell me what a basenta is, will you be able to tell me what a basenta is? How do basenters operate? 
What's the relationship between a center and a basenta? Financially, pastorally, structurally. You will not bother to know. You have come to hide in Kumasi doing PVCI. <laughs> PVCI. PVCI. They are doing PVC, prayer, visitation, counseling, interaction. 21st century, you are doing PVCI. You, you, are, you are a fifth column. You have joined our enemies. And it is, it is sad that we put you in charge of that congregation. Because you are there, that place is in darkness. When was the last time you listened to a podcast? And what did you learn from it? So you see that you, 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 the leader, can easily be the fifth column. Because of you, your members don't know about their father. Because of you, your members don't know about the pastor who sent you there. The one whose sweat was used to found the church. Because you are there, your members don't know. They know only about you. You are, you are the one there. If they are honoring their prophet, you are the one they honor. You are the one they honor. So, we, a leader must be loyal so that he doesn't become the fifth column. Because you can be the you can be actually as the head of the church, as a pastor of the church, the, the, the enemy within. Yes, I know of pastors in the UD, I know them personally by name, who are no different from unbelievers. Who have been given a church to pastor and I by their style of pastoring, they are fighting the vision. When we are taking an offering in the church and you take a, 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 an offering back and you pass it round, have you not become the enemy within? Are you not fighting our, 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 our vision of building churches? Do we use leaves or sand to build churches? Don't we use money to build churches? And wherever it is, your money is not unimportant. So by, 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 by your behavior, you are actually the enemy within. As a leader. The leader of the church is the enemy within. You don't seem to understand English. Should I speak three? Oh, you don't understand English? You do? Don't you know, Pastor? That there's a very big difference between a church of 30 members and a church of 100 members. Did you know that the offerings that will come from a church of 30 members is very different from a church of 100 members? All things being equal. So by you not being very well on church growth, you are actually fighting a lot of things in the church. You are an antichrist in the church. It's not we're going to preach your members to what fifth column. There's no fifth column in the church. 
There is no fifth column. Any fifth column in the church exists because your leadership has allowed it. Yeah, you have allowed them to flow. You can't. I can't understand. When Bishop detected fifth columns in his church about 30 years ago, he sat on the floor, had a meeting, and sat them. But you cannot because they give you money every month. They buy fuel into your motorbike. I'm preaching. I'm preaching. I said the fifth column is one brother. Loved prayer. You know, there's some brothers who are into prayers. And some love prayer so much that sometimes they feel that even they need to wait on God in the church. Like, they're just eradicating. So once a while, instead of waking up at four o'clock to pray in his house, he would just walk or take a car into the church and be there. Lie on a bench and pray. So you have been doing that. And the church was working. It's a brother, a prayer warrior brother in the church. One day, he was lying on the bench at the back, praying. You know, and when you pray a lot, that's a way you pray. A person who prays a lot doesn't pray very loudly. Unless you are drinking something. People who pray a lot. So if you are lying at the back praying this way, nobody will hear. So as he was lying down praying, his eyes were open because you must watch and what? Pray. A lady came into the church. One of the ashes, one of the church workers, with a brush, a mop stick, and a duster. But the brother would have stood up and said, Oh, Sister B, I'm here. But he was quiet. He was quiet. And his eyes were open, watching the lady sweeping. Suddenly, she stopped. Looked here. Looked here. Checked there. Checked there. She was wearing blouse and trousers. Began to remove the trousers. Added the panties. The brother's prayers changed. Instead of stammering lips. Eh, eh, eh. 
before he knew he was saying A. The lady removed her clothes with her bare bottoms. Began to sit with her bare bottoms. <laughs> began to sit on the front roads, road seats. Yes. That when she sits down like that, she will slide. I think three times or two. Then she will move. I maybe I think once. She will slide once. Then when she went, when she got to the pastor's chair, the man of God's chair, she blessed him three times. Hey! The boy realized that he had an erection. He got up. True story. Managed. He was shocked that the girl had changed. Sliding on the chest. The guy managed to make his way outside the church and began to run. Went to the pastor's house, the man of God. 5.30 a.m. Go, 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 go. Revel! Rev! <laughs> he got up in his pajamas. What is happening? He said, look. Sister B. said, yes. She came to church. Yes, I know she, she cleans the church. No! She, 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 She's cleaning the chest in a different way. The person said, ah, what, what way is she cleaning the chest? He, he said, I was there. She removed her trousers, removed her panties, began to chew on the chest. She slide and chew, slide and chew. Really? And what else? So, and when she went to your chair, she gave you three stripes. So the pastor was waiting. Eh? And what else? Yes. Is that all? Is that why you came to wake me up? Auntie B is one of the enemies of the church. He said, next time, don't come and wake me up like that again. He said, the, the, the real enemies of the church are not the witches who are chewing on the, on the ground. It is the leaders and the pastors in front, their attitudes, their behaviors, and the things they are not doing to help the church. That is the real enemy. And I believe it, that the real enemy of the church, witches, but about 16 girls here are witches here. Have you tried to stop anything? Are we not preaching? We have ministered in the midst of witches. The church cannot be brought down by witches. But when one fifth column rises up with accusations saying that when a crocodile comes from under the water to, to tell you that there is a snake under there, you must believe. It is the action of one disloyal person.
Not a witch. Do you know the things they have put into the things we have drank and eaten in the church? As I'm preaching, do you know how many of you sitting here are even chanting in your head against me that I should go mad within 20 minutes? But we are, we are prevailing. The real enemy is not the witches from outside. It is the pastors who don't do what is right. Who don't build the church. Who don't preach well. Who don't grow the church. Who don't do outreaches. They are the fifth columns. I'm not afraid of no witch. Witches. Oh, I've even had witches singing for me, and they sing very well. I told one of them, I said, You were a witch. I told her, Please sit down. This is Wednesday. You don't do that at the conference. I told her, I said, You are a witch. And I gave her three reasons why she's a witch. She didn't challenge it. A witch is not somebody who flies, a witch is somebody who manipulates. Manipulating pastors, you may be the fifth column. Your lack of prayer, your lack of waiting on God, your lack of reading books, your lack of listening to messages, you are the real fifth column. Wake up. You're not worried about naked women. We need even more of them. They should go. I think. When they treat the chest, there are feelings that come when you sit down. You feel anointed. You feel something, something beautiful. Don't wake me up again. Go and tell her to bring more sisters to come and treat my chair for me. I need power. Call yourself a man of God. When was the last time you prayed for two hours non-stop? When was the last time you woke up in the morning to pray? Anything you do that doesn't build the church makes you a fifth column. Anything you do that does not enhance the growth of the church makes you a fifth column. A pastor should not wake up with the goats. A pastor should wake up before the goats wake up. A pastor should be up at 2 a.m. Waiting on God, praying, and thinking about the work. You sleep, sir. Wake up at six thirty. You are the devil. How can a pastor wake up with goods and expect a, a, a ministry which is growing? The reason why a leader must learn about loyalty is that loyalty will help you yourself not to be a fifth column. Yes. How you became a pastor. Remember. Think about it. How, what are the things you did to be appointed a pastor? (laughs) What are the things you did to be appointed a pastor? The prayers you prayed. The books you read, the scriptures you memorized. When was the last time you took five verses that are memorizing these verses? You have changed. You have changed. I was talking to a pastor yesterday. 
He said, oh, but Bishop, you know me. I've been, I've, I've been following you for years. I've been with you. I've left my branch. I've come to your church. I'm follow-. I said, I'm not relating with you by what you did yesterday. I'm looking at you today now and I'm saying that you have become possessed with devils. Ah, but if you are to relate to people based on what they did yesterday, then Jesus had no business calling Peter Satan. He was a great guy. We are looking at what you are doing now, now, now. Pastor, we are saying that the way you are behaving now, it makes you a fifth column. You have joined the enemies of the church. You have joined the people who don't love God. You have joined the people, a pastor who doesn't pray. It's a fifth column in the church. It's a leader who is a fifth column. the last time you had your quiet time properly? A real study of the Bible. Writing notes. You are a man of God, pastor in the church. You have you become a clearing agent. Clearing agent. Clearing the girls. You clear. You clear. They sing for you. You clear. They wear ties skirt. You clear. They bring you water. You clear. You are a clearing agent. Today, there are pastors who, who feed on pornography. Instead of watching preaching videos. You, you are saying that your, your, your choir is a fifth column. It's not a fifth column. You are the fifth column. The fifth column. May God help you. Yeah. Not to do things that destroy the church. Yeah. A pastor does not need to poo-poo on the pulpit to, do, to, to spoil the church. A pastor does not need to, 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 to sing Bob Marley in the church to spoil the church. A pastor only needs not to do what he must do. Not to pray. When bishop, your bishop is having a meeting and you don't attend, you are a fifth column. That's right. That's right. You've jo- you are the enemy within us. And God will, will blow you away. A disease will send you on admission and you will never come home. You will be on admission very soon. Some bad disease, some stroke, something will just clear you. Number three, why should the leader learn about loyalty? Why? So that the love of God will fill the church. Yes. The love of God will fill the church. Hmm. John 13, 35. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love, love, love one to another. A church is built on love. I'm I'm, I'm telling you why as a leader the subject of not changing it must, it must be very, very important 
that you don't change. As a leader, the re- one reason why you must remain the same as you were initially, and, and perhaps a better version of how you were initially, is that the church of God needs love. We need love to build the church. We need to love ourselves. We need love in the choir. Oh, I'm preaching. We need love among ashes. We need love among follow up, the follow-up team. We need love in the home cells. We need love, 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 love. The greatest is love. So when a pastor of a church now loves money, now loves money and doesn't love the church, when a pastor of the church now loves popularity, now loves cars, now loves girls, now loves pornography, you see, the love you see in the church is a direct result of the love of the pastor for the church. Yes. Your members will never do more than you are doing. I'll take it again. Your members will never do more than you are doing. A pastor, you are supposed to love your sheep. When the sheep feel your love, they will transmit it among themselves. But when a pastor who used to, you see, you see, you see let's, let's, let's get back as we end the, the, the meeting. Let me just tell you. Maybe you've forgotten how you became a pastor. You became a pastor because we saw that you loved the church. We saw your love for the members. We saw how you were in church, counseling them, visiting them, caring for them. That is what we saw. That made us appoint you. If we knew you were a sexy dancer, we would never have appointed you. If we had seen you as a thief, we would never have appointed you. Anybody with a pastor title, reverend title, whatever title, minister shepherd title, lady pastor, lady reverend, it means that you were perceived to be a lover of the church. So by that, it means that all of us have loved the church before. But today, can you say that you love the church the way you used to love the church? Or now you love the school you are building. Your school is now a story building in the town. And the church is, 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 is in a classroom. The love of God must fill the church. And that love comes from you. Pastors, pastors, let me tell you. Your members feel it when you don't love them. Yes. They feel it. They see your passion. They see that your passion, the way you preach, the way after church you go home, the way you don't have meetings, they see that your mind has gone off the church. They can see it. They can see that your mind is no more on the church. And once they see that your mind is not on the church, they also will never have their mind on the church. I'm saying that 
the love that is not among your members is because of you. It's because of you. It's called the love of God to fail the church. That's why a pastor must not change. I, I, I want to believe that you didn't understand something I said earlier on. So I'm repeating myself. I said, anybody who has been given custody, charge of members in your church, you have been given a title pastor or a reverend, I'm saying that we saw you some time ago as a lover of the church. Because there is no way we would have made you a reverend if we didn't perceive you as somebody interested in the church. So don't change. Don't begin to love money now. Don't begin to love uh, what's the company? Concert. Yes. <laughs> you still don't understand the message I'm preaching. You don't understand it. Is it clear? Yes. We know you. When, we, when were you appointed a pastor? What year? Which is how many years ago? Like 14 years ago. 13, 14 years ago. Yeah. We, we, we perceived you as a lover of the church. How come you now love Tigo more than the church? When we call for a meeting in church, and your Tigo boss calls for a meeting, you readily drop the church meeting to go for the Tigo meeting. I'm preaching in English. I'm preaching in English. Yes. How come when we call for a retreat, and at the same time, GES calls for a retreat at Abokobi, you readily drop the church retreat and attend the Abokobi retreat. I'm asking you, my dear friend, we knew you as a lover of the church, and we don't expect a church. Don't change. Don't change. Your members are missing you. They miss you. They miss their pastor. I know you were preaching last Sunday, but they miss you. I know you were preaching last Sunday. I know you had a convention two weeks ago. I know you even had a camp three months ago. But your members miss you. They miss a pastor who will visit them. They miss a pastor who will call them on the phone. They miss a pastor who will sing happy birthday for them on their birthday. They miss you. They miss you. Yes, I'm happy you are coming back. Come back. All of us have said, the fact that I'm preaching to you does not mean I'm a better pastor than you. All of us must come back. Let's go and hug our members. Let's go and visit our members. Let's go and love our members. A leader must be loyal, including not changing in your capacity to love. People are looking for love. To anyone who shows love, they go there. Any musician who replies to them on their Instagram becomes the idol they are following. Oh, I said, any musician. Yes, pastor, your Facebook page. Do you have somebody who even replies messages? When your members send you a text message, do you even read it to reply? 
No wonder they are chasing boys. No wonder. Because they, don't, they know you don't love them. They don't love them. You are only using them for money to pay rent. Money to buy shoes. Money to buy a car. They know you don't care about them. They know it. They know it. They know it. They know it. Can you imagine if you went to church next month and told them that you are now a full-time pastor? It will change them. If my pastor, who is a lawyer, can give himself to this work, this must be important. Or you don't get the English I'm speaking. You don't get the English I'm speaking. Oh, I should speak tree. Uh, please bring an interpreter. Let, let's, let's, we need tree. Your members are longing to see love. You see sisters who are vibrant, prayerful, whatever, whatever, and then suddenly they get a beloved, they get married, and the love changes. I'm saying that I'm talking about loyalty, not for you to go and preach to. You yourself are the subject of the, of the topic. You yourself. You are the fifth column. You are the one representing the devil in the church. You are the one because of how you are. There's no love in the church. Your members don't feel love. They don't even feel you care for them. They don't see anything you do extra. They don't see you sweating for them. Yes. Some of you, if you decide after this conference to go on visitation from now on, then you must make sure you go with ambulance. Yes, because when you knock on your member's door and they see your face, they will fall down and collapse. My pastor is in my house. Heart attack. Yes, you must do visitation with Ministry of Health ambulance. Yes, because when they see you in the house, they will, they, they will fall down out of shock. you may be seated the reason why as a leader loyalty should be of concern to you is to have a large and successful ministerial team a large a leader who is leading people somewhere must have on his mind not just to have an assistant 
and two sickly looking basenta leaders. A leader, one of your visions in life must be that the people who are building the church with you must be a lot. That is why loyalty should be of interest to you. That's why a leader, a true leader, must be loyal and must learn loyalty. Yes. Jesus was increasingly building his base. But I'm sure you, you know that you are a representative of Jesus Christ. I'm sure you know. Yes. He didn't have only three disciples. He had three initially. But he built it to seven. That is the team that was ministering with him. And from seven, he built it to nine. And from nine, he had twelve. One was a thief, but he had twelve. By Luke chapter 10, he was surrounded by 70 other disciples. Not the 12. Other. Luke 10, 1. Other. That will bring us, if you're math, are you a science student? 70 plus 12 is what? 98. Sorry? 82. Are you a science student? Okay. Oh, concert. Must be a science student. 82. By the time he was dead, buried, resurrected, he had over 400 other disciples. Even when they were going to vote for just one member who had killed himself, 120 of them appeared there. A pastor, one of your visions must be that the number, not your church members, the number of people who are doing the work with you, one of your mindset must be that that number must grow. Yes. If you have 10 leaders, you believe God to have 12 leaders by June, 16 leaders by September, 20, it must be. And, and you see, the reason why this is not on your mind is that you are not a loyal pastor. When you are loyal, your loyalty alone will generate a certain commitment to your members that your commitment will turn them into leaders. Every leader in your church was once upon a time an ordinary member. I was an ordinary member in the church. I was an ordinary member in the church. I wasn't anything. I was nothing. Is it nothing or anything? I was no nothing. But I can remember the time Bishop came to visit me in the medical school hostel. I remember the time he would drop me in the night, 2 a.m. On his way home, he would drop me in my house. His commitment to me drew something for me, out of me. Before I knew it, I was a pastor. And I'm standing here.
You have changed. You have changed in your love for your members. You have changed in, in even the things you preach. Yes. A pastor who is always preaching money, prosperity, success, happiness, will never have a large ministerial team. Because a large ministerial team will only be obtained through the message of sacrifice and dying and, 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 and losing and suffering. That's how to get members to work with you. So if your messages are happiness and success and prosperity and enlargement and uh, uh, give me the titles. What? Securitization of future earnings. Breakthroughs, break out, break into, break into, you are a thief to break into. You are a thief to break into. You have broken out, I want to break into. But do you know that we started this church when you were when you were a pastor? The message you were preaching was sacrifice, suffering. But you have gone to your village because you want members. You have changed it to prosperity. They're having prosperity conferences, prosperity summits. Which person in his right mind will, will listen to a message on prosperity? And we want to sacrifice to do what? No, you are rather want more. When you are loyal and you don't change your message on prosper, what do you call it? Sacrifice, suffering. That is the message that releases pastors in the church. Yes. I told my leaders just last night. I told them that here in this group. I showed them the cathedral we meet in. Thousands on Sundays. I said, that place is different from here. Here, we don't love our children. I said, here, we don't love our parents. Here, we don't love our wives. Here, we don't love our husbands. Here, we love God only. You cannot be a disciple and love your wife. <laughs> I told them in English. I said, over here, we don't love our children. Over here, we don't, we, we don't go home to, to do homework for our children. Yes. Here, we are soldiers. Have you seen a soldier going to Lebanon and he says, he won't go, he's going to bury his mother. What? In the leadership, pastoral level, at this level, we don't love our wives. No, 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 no. Do you know how to love a wife? Have you ever had sex on Sunday afternoon before? Not Monday morning, not Saturday night. Sunday afternoon. It's called afternoon jump. You 
out for lunch at Golden Tulip. Me and you, the children are at home. Two o'clock, two thirty, three, four. As the sun is setting, you bring her home to settle down. That's what Sundays are used for. Sundays are not used for visitations. Sundays are not used for visitations and, and meetings and reviews. Sundays are for romance. You take your wife out on a Monday afternoon. What are you talking about? Sunday! And I told them, here, we don't love our wives. If there's some free time to show love, we love them. I said, if you want to love your wife, leave us alone and go and join those who love their wife. Here, we don't love our wife. Why? But we who don't love our wives, we are the ones rather with sweet marriages. We who are irresponsible fathers, who do not sit down with our children to do homework, to do maths, to do RME, we are those rather our children are in the medical school. You that you are sat by your child, did he even pass Wasi? Is it not in the university but from back door studying history and classics? We who are in church on Sunday. Coming home at 2 a.m. Our children are in the medical school. Because God has no plan to take your children from you. He has no plan to make you a divorcee. He has no plan to spoil your home. He only wishes the best for you. But he wants to be sure that your heart is with him. Before he blesses you. I said, here we don't love our wives. Here we don't love our children. Anybody listening to me. Jesus said in Luke chapter 14 If any man will come after me And will not hate His mother, his father His brothers, his sisters His wife and yea Even his own self Also he is not worthy To be my disciple That's the word of Jesus Hate, hate I'm not even saying hate I said we don't like Is it there? Who is that bushman there? 1425. If any man, if any man, any man, that's what the ministry, the ministry is not for PhD holders, ministry is not for masters holders, ministry is not even for graduates. As a ministry, it's not for graduates. Ministry is for any man. If you are prepared to pay the price, it is for what? Any man. I'm talking about how to have a large ministerial team. You pay a price. If any man come to me. Are we, am I seeing the word there? Is it the right word? Is it the Bible? Do you see hate there? Is it hate there? Did Jesus really say it? Hey! And you are smooching your wife on Sunday afternoon. When you must do visitation. When you must do a, 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 a shepherd's meeting. Lay schools. You are at home. Smooching your wife. If any man come to me and hate not his father, his mother, and wife, and children, and brethren, 
and sisters. You see, he didn't add husbands. Have you seen it there? There's no husband because they knew assumption that most wives don't love their husbands anyway. It's we the men who want to become A1 husbands, A1 daddies, A1. Oh, yeah. Most wives don't care about what they are worth. Most wives don't care. There was a study that was conducted recently on uh, next of kin. Somebody in America or so, next of kin. It was found out that over 90%, whilst men were using their wives as their next of kings, wives were using their mothers or their sisters as their next of kin. That is, it is, it's as old as the Bible. That's why they didn't even bother to mention husband. Because we know you don't love us anyway. Wicked woman. We made a mistake to put a ring on your finger. You've got the ring, you've got the spams, you've got the children, you've got the pictures. Now we are some houseboys. One wife, last week, last two weeks, her husband came home. He came home and she just, I was even talking to her this morning. She, she, she had been weeding an area of the house, a part of the compound, and she was tired. And the husband came home. When the husband came, oh, uh, Francis, Okay, oh, honey, the, the man did not even enter the house. She gave him the cutlass. He said, can you see this area from here to here? Weed all here before you come home. I'm not joking. How can such a man even have an erection towards you? If any man hates not his father, here we hate father. Yes. yes. One of my leaders in the church, so, uh, her mother came to visit her and her mother was not well. So she sat on a bus with her mother to another part of Ghana because her mother was not well. I said, you are stupid. Do you know my mother is sick? I don't even have time to visit her. My mother, my mother is sick. She has had an operation. She's, she's somewhere. Instead of going to Takrade, I'd rather come to Kwanzaa to come and preach. You, you know your mother. I said, here, we don't love mothers. We hate. If, if you're not prepared to hate, leave us alone. If you're not prepared to hate, leave us. Go and love your mother. Go and love your husband. Go. Go and love him. And wait. As you are loving him, giving him your all. You see a text message. You see that he is chasing your best friend. Yes. And you realize that you are a fool. That if Jesus says something, you better believe it. Go to the next verse. The next verse. 27. 27. And whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be. Many of us, to come to Christ to serve him, you want to throw away your cross. You can't dislodge your cross. Carry it. Carry your marital problem. Don't drop your husband and come. Carry him and come. Carry your wife. Carry the problems. She beats you. Yes, come and preach after beatings. Twenty-eight. Next verse. Which of you, intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first and counted the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it? If you want to be a pastor, that's the, you must sit down and ask yourself: Can you, can you, 
attend the meeting when your child is in the hospital? Can you send someone to G to visit your child because you are preaching at the camp? Yes. Are you prepared to be called irresponsible? Or you want to be an A1 daddy? A1 daddies don't make ministers. Ministers are made up of people who will choose the work of God. Who will choose serving God. Yeah. Go with those who say God first, family second, and ministry last. Go whatever list they have. Here, here, pay a price. Pay a price. I've called for a meeting. You say your wife is sick, you are with her. I'll relieve you to go and be with her. You will never sit in my meeting again. My meetings are for people who leave their wives with fever at home. Was Peter's mother-in-law not sick of a fever? Was Peter in the house with him? With her? I said, was Peter's mother-in-law not in his house with fever? Was he in the house with her? It is this lack of sacrifice that has brought barrenness to the church. No power. No power to grow a church. No power to send people to, 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 to go and start churches. No power to even keep people holy. No power. No power. No power. Because the power, it comes from blood. From sacrifice. You have to cut something's neck. Yes. Ministry is not done by people who love Confanati Hospital. No. You must hate Confanati Hospital. To be here. Yes. <laughs> Ministry is not done by people who love law or who love concert. No, 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 no. You must hate concert to be here. Even if you are working with concert, it must be nothing to you. you, be, you I mean, anytime church matters come in, you drop concert yesterday. Some of you are in full-time ministry, so-called full-time ministry, so-called full-time ministry. You love yourself more than you love the church. You never want to give up anything. No wonder you have been in that town for six years with 28 members. Every Sunday, 20 come, 18 come, three are sick, four are in their period, one has gone to visit her auntie, and three are also angry with you. I shouldn't say it. I'm the wrong business. Ministry is done by people who hate themselves. Yes. You spend your time and go to school. I've spent 13 years alone in the university. Only to finish and drop it and be in full time. I must be either a psychiatric patient or someone who has no respect for academic credentials. And I think the latter is true in my case. You can't love your beloved and follow Jesus. You can't love your father's dead body and follow Jesus. He said, leave me. I need to go and bury my father. He said, get away. Let the dead body. Is that we love our wife, our selves, our professions, our car, our dignity.
Shokatula. So you see that by the way you are as a pastor, nobody wants to follow you. You know, Bishop, Bishop Patrick invited me. It was just a mistake they made. My, my, my media team, I don't know. Because I never shared that post. And maybe it was on your Facebook page. Then my members saw it. I can count nothing less than 15 people who have, ra- even some of them, I'm even angry with them for coming here. Yes. There, there are going to be meetings after this conference. I have not called even one person to follow me. The singer, I, I, I have never organized anybody, anybody who says I to- Never. But they see a leader who is a certain type of sacrificial leader, a certain type. So as I'm even coming here, just some two by four conference I've, I'm coming to preach in. I've got a large ministerial team. If I fall down right now, there is somebody here who will take over the book and preach more powerfully. He's here. He is here. A large ministerial team. You cannot get even your wife to follow you. Foolish man. Nobody follows you. There is nobody here from Accra that I have organized. Never. Never, ever, ever, never. The only person I asked to come here with me to Kumase is myself. Never. But they've bought plane tickets, driven their cars, fueled it. They are happy. They are happy. Because they see a certain type of pastor, a certain type who is loyal to his father. You wait, either this afternoon or tomorrow morning, there will be pepper in this room. You wait. They see my loyalty to my father. They see my loyalty to the work. So now, I mean, I don't need to call them. My problem is that I'm rather having facing meetings with them for following me. Can you imagine? Who will follow you to a meeting? And Bishop says, one man cannot do much. It's here in English. One man. How much can how much can one person do? How much? Last Sunday in my church, my little church in the corner there, we had two hundred and three buses coming to church. 203 buses. Buses. 200, 150, 200, what? Not human beings. How many? None, not even one of them had me sitting on the bus. How much can one person do? It is your loyalty that speaks. That makes people want to leave their jobs to follow you. People want to sacrifice their family time to follow you. People want to leave their wives to follow you. People who are not well. They work cardigan to follow you. How much can one do? So your personal choices to be disloyal in the church is costing you even a ministerial team. You are alone. First Samuel 21 verse 1. First Samuel 21, 
verse 1. Watch it. Look at it there. Yes. Now, 21. If I get water. There came David. David, the warrior. To Nob. To Ahimelech, the priest. And Ahimelech was afraid at the meeting of David and said unto him, Why art thou alone and no man with thee? Why are you alone? And that's my question. I am the Ahimelech. You are the David, the so-called warrior, the so-called pastor, the so-called man of God. Why are you alone and no man with thee? Why are the people with you? Why are you alone and no singer with you? Why are you alone? The keyboard is in there. He should be at work today. He's a pharmacist. I don't even know what he's doing yet. Some meetings I'm going to have after this meeting. <laughs> he has run away from his office. Because he has also seen me. How I run away many times for meetings. I'm not surprised. I would have been surprised if I was here alone. I would have been surprised if I was here alone. But some of you, you'll be surprised if a member leaves his office to follow you anywhere. You'll be surprised. Because you yourself are a devil in the church. You are a fifth column. You don't love the church. Nobody wants to give up anything to be around you. No one. No one. Because they see how much you are into yourself, into your children, into your wife. And what type of marriage do you have anyway? After being into your wife, what type of marriage? I met a pastor and his wife around February last year. And I asked them, because I asked the question, I said, when was the last time you had sex? The woman said, September. And the husband said, you are lying. It's July. When February. All this you're into, you and your wife, you and your children, your children. What, what marks are your children getting in school? Your two sons, one with a big head, with water inside. What marks are they getting in the school? We who have left our children to be in the church, we are working that our children are in the university. Could your child pass to go to the university? You are getting it now. I'm happy you are getting it now. I'm very happy you are getting the message now. I'm very happy. The reason why you yourself must believe God not to change. My members, those who are here, they see me. They see me on Sundays, leaving my meetings to go and sit at Revelation 7. They see me sacrificing. When I'm not well with back pain, I crawl on all fours to church, to pray. They are watching me. So when they see me doing something that requires help, Ahimelech asked David, why are you alone? Are you not a warrior? Where are the men? Why are you alone? Some of you, let's not talk. You can imagine the people who have followed me to Kumasi. And look at them now. Look at the crowd. You can imagine the people helping me in my church. My problem today is to find work for some people in the church. While you have got only six and a half percent leaders. Because they are watching you. 
They may not say it. Are you not, are you not rebel? Are you not reverend? Yes, they know you. They are watching you. They see the lack of sacrifice. They see the price you are not prepared to pay. They see your things. And when it's also your time, if you like, okay, next week I'm inviting you to Accra. Come to one of my branches to come and preach. Bombaulation, come next week. I want to see who will come with you. Even your mother will not come with you. Your mother will not come with you. Because you are wicked. The reason, and as I'm here, I'm, 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 I mean, I'm feeling happy. I'm surrounded by familiar faces. Yeah, somebody's helping me here, this here, this here, this here. I'm, I'm having a good time. I'm having a good time. If I want to go and play golf, there are people I can play golf with. Some of them are bush girls, but there's at least one or two who can do something. Why are you alone? Lazy pastor at the back. Why are you alone? Why? Why are you alone? Why? Why are you alone? Who is with you? Where are the shepherds? Where are your center leaders? Where are the guys who must bus? Why? Why are they? Who is prepared to sacrifice money to bus people for you? Who? <laughs> because they know that you are not into loyalty. They, they, they can see how cut off you are. How severed you are from the source of power. So you are severed. They won't speak. They won't say anything, but they are watching you. Yeah. Yes. And they will do to you what they see you do to your father. Yeah. I'm sure you've heard the story yeah. of that man, that boy who was with his father. They were taking the father's father to an old people's home. That is the little boy's grandfather. The boy, because you know, children like their grandparents more yeah. than the parents because the grandparents allow them a lot of liberties. So he loved his grandfather. And the father was taking the man to a home. The boy begged the father, he begged that they don't go, that they don't take grandpa. And then he said, I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go. They took that man to a far place and dumped him there. On the way, the boy was quiet, the little boy was quiet. The father was driving the car, driving, driving, driving. I said, Ah, son, why are you so quiet? Joe. I'm okay. No, 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 you're not okay. What are you thinking about? Oh, nothing. I just, I was just thinking that I now know where I will take you when I also grow up. <laughs> yes. I know, I now can see. You have shown the way. Which highway to use? N41, N60. Yes. I know the cricket's route. I didn't even know that a place existed where fathers are taken. <laughs> I didn't know where people took their fathers. So now that I've, I've seen their place, thank you, Daddy. You've shown me what to do with you. Many of you, your members are doing to you what you are doing to Bishop Dagwood Mill. What you are doing to your bishop in your council. What you are doing to the church. They are doing it to you. But you've not seen the worst treatment yet. It's just a matter of time. The next point, number five. So you can have a mega church. Loyalty. A pastor. Who is loyal a leader not not a leader who preaches loyalty 
That's why I'm saying that what I'm preaching is not to you. I'm preaching to myself. That I shouldn't be a devil. I shouldn't be a devil one day to be shot like you Mills. I'm talking to myself. That as I've come to Kumasi with a lot of people, I'm praying that one day a plain load of people will follow me to a conference in Asia on their own. I'm preaching to myself. Because all of us, if we leave ourselves, we are devils. Hello? Did you know that there's something called synonyms? Synonym. Synonym for fat is what? Big. Synonym for long is what? Tall. Synonym for um, nice is what? Beautiful. So these are words for the same meaning, synonyms. Now, the synonym for man, human being. Jesus gave us the synonym. Luke 11 verse 13. He was talking about men. And he had used the word man and man and so on. So he, he wanted to find a, a word that was close to man. Look at this. If ye then, being a human being, this is the, the original word is human being. If ye then, being a human being, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to them that are that? You, a human being, when your son asks for bread, you won't give a stone. When he asks for fish, you won't give a snake. So if you, a human being, you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more your heavenly father. But he had, you know, he had repeated himself so much. So he wanted, he wanted a synonym for human being. The only word he could find was evil. If you, being evil, may God help you. I said, may God help you to rid yourself of the fast changing nature of your ministry. Yes. May God help us all to remain on course. Those of us who began by loving God will continue loving God. Those who began by prayer will continue praying. Those who began by visitation will continue visiting. May we remain on So that, of course, if you have a large ministerial team, you have a mega church. Hello? If I have 200 Basenta leaders and another 200 center leaders, are you expecting me to have a church service with 500 people in it? Then, then your maths weren't good. And a leader should be interested in a big church. A big church is not something you choose. It is actually your prophetic destiny. Job chapter 8 and verse 7. Though your beginning was small in a classroom, 16 members, your latter end should be in the thousands. Isaiah 60 verse 22. A little one, a little church, a little church in a classroom shall become what? A 
thousand. When was the last time you preached to a thousand people? Say. Because you are not pressing for loyalty in your own life. How dare you take this book to preach to people about it? What loyalty have you shown in your prayer life? In your Bible study life? Your book reading life? Message soaking life? You've changed. You've changed. You've changed at home. You've changed towards your husband. You've changed towards your wife. You've changed. You people, you just changed. You want to have a big church? You will die over a small church. You will never come out. Big churches are not pastored by disloyal elements. You wait. I'll, I'll come there. Yeah. Big churches are not pastored by... You see, when we say Orangu, we normally think of pastors who have left the church. Some of you here are worse Orangus than those who have left. Ah, but if an orangu left three years ago and has stopped communicating with bishop, when was the last time you also sent him a text? Are you not an orangu yourself? Ah, pastor, I'm preaching. What do you think I'm doing? I said that the, the pastor who left with all the choir three years ago, he has not communicated with bishop. Alright. But you too, you, you are here. It's not about wearing a lighthouse t-shirt or lighthouse underwear. <laughs> when was the last time you communicated with your father? Are you not a bastard? Orangus don't build big churches. You are by your very nature an orangu. I will leave the ministry if I ever hear you have got 1,000 members. The way you are, I'll resign. The Bible is not true. I, I will not use my life to back a book which is not true. Some of you, you will never cross 300 members till you die. Never. You will be like this. Shriveled, withered, dry, past, unanointed. Because you are actually essentially a disloyal pastor. There's no future for you. The pastors with big churches are pastors who are loyal. Not pastors who preach loyalty. Who themselves are loyal to their members. Loyal to the pastor who sent them. Loyal to the church. Loyal to everything. You are in your church. You preach more in other churches than in your own church. The reason why you as a leader must be loyal is that your destiny is a big church. Your destiny is a mega church. Even if you are in a classroom today with 26 members, it's not about being a man or being a woman or being a student or being a worker. Your destiny in Christ ministerially, a little one shall become a thousand.
You've lost it. Except you repent, you will likewise perish. Go, go to the, go to Bishop Patrick's office and ask him to show you the attendance data for the UD worldwide. All pastors with churches above 1,000 are very connected to Bishop Daggy Ward Mills. All pastors with churches above 1,000 have an uncanny semblance to the ministry of the Father. So your disconnect is costing you and costing you pain. Most of which pain you are yet to experience in your life. The reason you should be interested in being loyal is so that you will have a big church. A big church. A mega church. Yes. And finally, so that you will have a long last... Can you clap your hands for this one? A long lasting ministry. A long... Please clap. Oh, this one, this point... This is the point. Not number one. Not number two. Not number three. Not number four. A long last... Many of you here will... Have you not heard recently pastors who have left the church? Have you heard some of them? Missionaries who have left the church? You are likely to join them next. To have a long lasting ministry, you must be loyal and faithful and unchanging to your church, to your pastor. Otherwise, I doubt how long you are going to stay here. By the grace of God, some of us were appointed 25 years ago. By God's grace, we are still here. I can't say the same thing for even bishops. I will not be surprised to hear some news. I can't say the same thing for reverends. I will not be surprised. Some time ago, it was unthinkable that a missionary would abandon a mission and leave. It's, it's happening. Because you cannot be disconnected from your mother and expect to survive as a baby in a womb. Your disconnect has already sealed your doom. Except you connect back, you will perish. I'm believing God. I told you I'm preaching to myself. I'm believing God that the day I lie in a coffin here, we smokers will not come and carry my coffin away. But I expect Bishop Patrick to carry my coffin. I expect Bishop Charles to carry my coffin. I expect Bishop Fabian to be one of the pallbearers. I don't want sexy dancers to carry my coffin. I pray that when I die, I'll still be a preaching healing and teaching pastor long lasting ministry just by deciding not to change Paul said I'm persuaded nothing Romans 8 nothing is capable of changing my love for God money, height, death, angels, devils nothing, nakedness nothing I'm convinced that the devil that will separate me from lighthouse hasn't been created in hell. I'm convinced. Can you say the same thing? The way you are going, I doubt it. 
in, and the last one is to receive a reward. To, re, to reap your reward. First Corinthians fifteen fifty eight. Be steadfast. That's a solid loyalty verse. All the words there are synonyms for loyalty. Steadfast. Unmovable. If ever you are asked, what are some of the words that mean, that also describe loyalty? They are here. First Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight. Steadfast. Unmovable. Always. When you are doing your masters, you are preaching. PAC, you are preaching. Married, preaching. NTC, preaching. You are a nurse, preaching. Unmarried, preaching. Beaten by your wife, preaching. Beaten by your husband, preaching. Smooshed by your wife, preaching. With children, preaching. Without children, preaching. Anytime. Always. Abounding. In the work of the Lord. Knowing this, that your labor, if only you can remain unmovable, your labor will not be in vain. You know, the problem is that most of us plant the tree, but by the time the mango fruit falls down, you have walked away from it. We have seen too many people who never planted, eating, and it's a curse. It's a, one will not plant and another man will eat. You have, you have been around even when I have my meeting with you and I bless you. Don't go! So my mistake I made was to follow you to Kumasi. I've left my job. I've whatever. I've come. Instead of saying thank you, you are blessing me. Yes, I will bless you. I bless you. But don't be angry. Everybody here has planted some seeds. We've all helped to build one branch. Oh, pastor, have you helped to build a branch? Where? So many places. Where? Bantama? Here? Other places. Mobilizing people to church. Or you don't believe in this verse. That this labor you have labored will not be in vain. Do you believe it? Then don't change. Nothing should change you. Be here because your reward is coming. By the time your reward comes, we shouldn't find Kingsley in your place. Organizing people for pastor's conference in Accra. Give yourself holy. You follow Bishop since what? 95. Give thyself holy. Sat in front. Always in front. Always in front. Then small problem you have faced. No. You carry your, your, your Bible and your bag. You are walking. And people like that who walk, if they don't even walk well. They, they are walking is not nice. So eventually, when we are looking for you to say, Oh, who is the pastor? It's a pastor who helped to build the Bantama church. He's got an award. He left 20 years ago. Because he changed. 
may God help us. May you never change. A leader, your responsibility is to be loyal because a reward. Can you look at me sweating here? That's a reward for me. Oh, yeah. I'm expe- if I don't get it, my son will get it. I'm t- that I have left a crowd to come and preach here. Even if I die without getting it, my son, dole dole. So if something happens and I leave the church with my son, another brother will come and be collecting the mango from the floor that he never planted. May you not plant and another eats. May God keep you stable, constant, unmovable. As a leader, the loyalty message is not just for preaching. It is for being. Because these seven reasons are the reasons why you must not change. Lift your two hands and pray. Palataka. Kestula. Masatakayanda. Keluma Andosa. Lift your hands and pray. Lift your hands and pray. We are praying. We are praying. Lestusa. Sumale. Shandakola Bazule Malombraka. I want to hear you praying. Rondo Brandi Mama Kanche Kepa Rwanda Beketika in the Lips of Hansen.